Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 church podcast where we confront the fallacies and fantasies of modern day Christianity with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, Aaron Curran with me as always. We got Elder Rick with us today. We have Elder Rick. We just got some heavy hitters today. I'm just going to sit back. And listen, I'm trying not to have any banter to offend anybody. <laughs> well, you're so, going to need to sit back and listen to uh, to be able to ascertain the hoops that Powers are going to jump through here to get us to this conclusion. All right, this but, is uh, going to be contentious, oh okay? We've, got, we've finally gotten some disagreements among the fellas. Okay, here. So, who stands hey. with God never stands alone. <laughs> listen, should we have like some bus sitting on the table of the best Baptists and Presbyterians? Um, in all seriousness. Right there. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's Calvin looking yeah. over your shoulder. Um, in all seriousness. A couple weeks ago, Powers and I were texting back and forth and we're like, what do we not agree on? Because on so many things, we line up, and I would think Rick would be the same way, even Peter, we line up on so much stuff. If you're a Reformed theologian in the world, you're in the minority already. Like, yeah. there's, not a, there's not a lot that you disagree on. The road is narrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some practice. And one of those things would Boy, be Jesus. the beliefs within Reformed theology of concerning baptism. Now, now we're going to talk here in a second about where we agree when it comes to baptism. So hold on. So the but, the, the episode, the title of yeah, the episode yeah, we is get into that. Yeah, set it up. <laughs> infant baptism or believer's baptism, which is biblical. So we're going to yes. focus a lot Good on which question. is biblical. So now if you want to open up kind of where the discussion exactly. starts. Well, all I was going to say is this is one of those things that we said, hey, we don't see eye to eye on this. And one of us is wrong. And I think everyone. Both of us know. cannot be saying contradictory things and at the same time be correct. Yeah, everybody's going to know who is wrong. We're going to put up a poll at the end and they can vote for who they think is right. Yeah, the one with the blue he's shirt. He's just so much yeah. nicer, so he's going to win. That's what, he even said that before this episode. He's like, pedo-baptists are just nicer people. So. They are. We are. <laughs> All right, so why don't you just kind of give, give an outline of where we start and what the two kind of competing thoughts are, and then we can get into which is biblical. Well, I think we have to start with the idea that the church, especially the Protestant church, I, I believe anyway, has minimized the importance of the ordinances or sacraments Amen. over the last couple hundred years since the Reformation. Once again, we've talked about, but in a reaction to what the church had made efficacious for salvation, not to use the word that you like to use, but the, the, or the phrase, but the church at times has kind of thrown the baby out with the baptismal pool, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, in the sense of, of we don't pray, like the Lord's Supper, Rick and I have talked about this, like it's just kind of like an afterthought a lot of times yeah. in Protestantism today. Mid-service snack. Yeah, it's, it's not like that big of a deal. And the same has been true with baptism. And so baptism was always throughout Christianity seen as incredibly critically important, so much so that there's confusion that exists on was it necessary for salvation there's confusion among some, um, not really in the reform world, but was it necessary because it was so closely linked to salvation that to not be baptized, whether it was an infant or adult, was to prove, in a sense, that you were not part of the family, like that you would never truly trust in Christ because a believer would necessarily get baptized. Yet, we have the example of the thief on the cross who was not baptized, yet today you'll be with me in paradise, Jesus said, which reminds us that though this is super important of an issue, it's a secondary issue, second tier of importance, and we should be able to disagree on this and still be in fellowship. 
Yeah, so I think I think to to bring clarity for well, you don't disagree on the fact that baptism doesn't save. That's what I was gonna say. I think right. the clarity needs Helpful. to be on that baptism is not saving. It's not salvific for us. Amen. It does not guarantee right. nor add to the salvation that it represents. Um, but it is a sacrament. It is it's holy, it's ordained by God, and we are in disobedience not, I think, to not practice it. So we think these two statements are true, all four or all three of you guys, I'll just say. Number one, all four. There are people that have been baptized that are not going to heaven. Yes. And there are well, people especially in his camp. And there are people that are going to heaven that have never been baptized. Yes. Allah the thief on the cross. Right? Okay. So we agree with those two statements. Now, now we can kind of get into the nerdiness and oh figure God. out nerdiness. Okay, I mean, this the, is this is the might scripture. Be the, 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 scripture. The, the pre-show talk was the nerdiest of all. <laughs> um, but so let's get into it. What are the two camps? And and let's start. We can start with what you believe and why. Rick, why don't we start with you? We haven't well, heard from you yet. Let's, yeah, um, well, let's first state that on both sides here, we're talking about no one denies that someone coming to faith should be baptized. Amen. So we're, we're all in agreement there. Our disagreement comes in, obviously, in regard to infants and potentially households, because we're going to talk about that as well. But I want to first start out saying there's a ton of information you guys can find online about this. There's debates. This stuff's been going on for a while. And I just want to be fully upfront and humble that I'm not as smart as a James White on the Reformed Baptist side or a Greg Strawbridge, huge guy defending on the um, Pato side. So I have to be really cautious of how I even present things today because I can only go by my layman's understanding. But you, you are much more gracious and, <laughs> and, and sweet spirit. Right. So, But what I want to briefly state is how you approach this really comes down a little bit to hermeneutics. And what that refers to is just how you, your process of how you interpret scripture. And where I think the difference is going to come as we, as we get into this is I believe the infant side takes the Old Testament and imposes things on the New Testament versus we would almost agree 100% that typically we start from the New Testament and work our way backwards in light of things, the suffering servant passages, um, passages about the Psalms and, um, and, and uh, Jesus. We look back the deity of Christ. All these things we, we read back from in light of the new back. We can't go, we shouldn't go the other way. And I think that's when we, when we start getting this, we're going to see that's where our crux of the fighting takes place is how you go about interpreting the New Testament passages. Do they stand alone and then get, or do we start from the old and read into the Powers new? is shaking his head. Correct. I, I'll be honest with, with you guys and with anybody watching or listening. The, the issue that exists for me is, does, I'll ask you, Adam, yeah. would you, as a pedo-baptist, mm -hmm baptize someone as a believer who was baptized in the church as a baby for me you'll find difference of opinion yeah among that's, guys that's a on, sticking point on for this. me um for me it depends where they were baptized so, so they were baptized let's say they were baptized in your church they grew up in a covenant family at 21 they trust christ yeah no believers baptism no not okay. at all okay so i, I that still would be, that would be the, the dividing but, factor for me but on the other side if they were baptized as an infant in like the Roman Catholic church or a Lutheran church where it is taught in other churches that baptism saves you, I, I would be more inclined to baptize upon faith. Okay. So time out. I want to set the scene before we <clears throat> right. have already kind of dug in, right? right? So the two sides are 
believer's baptism, which is you become a Christian and the baptism is the outward profession of your faith and you're letting everybody know your Jesus as you're washing from old to new, the kind of baptistic thing, Southern Baptist that we, a lot of us grew up with, that's believer's baptism. Then infant baptism is you baptize every infant in your church, Adam, is that what you would say? That's what, how would you describe the infant baptism position? It is a baptism of believing parent or parents. Only one parent needs to be believing, I think, to do it. But it's a baptism indicating not so much what they intend to do for God, like in the Baptist mindset, but it's a baptism, a sign and seal of the covenant God has made with his people visibly entering into the covenant community. So if the parents aren't Christians, then you wouldn't baptize the child? No. Even if they wanted to? No. Okay. If the parents are Christians and have not been baptized, would you baptize the child? Yes. Okay. And the parents. What if the parents didn't want to get baptized? They should. Okay. okay. Thief on the cross is an exception, an exception. to the rule. Yes. Not okay. the rule. So so it's basically, do they have to be covenant members of your church or just they have to be Christians and they can ask for you to baptize them? For the believer getting baptized, it is a baptism into the membership of the church. So those are identical. To separate that is to do something that the New Testament doesn't do. But for the infant, um, it is not a membership. It's a entrance to the visible community, contrasting with the invisible community, which I'll get to in a minute. So, but you don't believe that because that infant has been baptized that they are a Christian? No, not okay. at all. Not um, at all. So, and then, and then that's called- Just like these guys would say to anybody who, that, that, that they have baptized. Just because right. they've been baptized right. as a believer does not mean that they're Christian. Right. But I just want to make sure, so everybody kind of understands, because we've already said pedo and credo and, you know, right. whatever. So I want them to understand, your position is called pedo baptism. Pedo baptism. And then both of you guys are on the credo side. I yes, mean more I, that way, yes. I want to bring a couple, uh, couple points of clarity. Okay. One, the believer's baptism side would say, regardless of what happened as an infant. Once you're a They Christian. need to be baptized in obedience. So I don't want to, that's why I asked Adam earlier. I, I want to be fair to the pedo side. Pedo Baptists, good Reformed Pedo Baptists, believe in believers' baptism. Sure, they yeah. see it as a command of Scripture. They see it all throughout the Book of Acts. This is one m- moment that we're nicer because we yeah, do both. Yeah, we both. You know? um, but what they would say typically, typically is that if you were baptized as part of a covenant community in Protestantism as a child, non-salvific, you do not need to be rebaptized if you were converted at, as a believer at 16 or 18 or 21. I would say you always believers baptism should always fall. And that's, that's an important distinction I think to make is, um, and I would also add that while Adam said, just like we would baptize believers and we don't, we know that that doesn't guarantee their salvation. It is completely different in my mind because one is a cognitive willing submission to Christ that's followed by baptism. The other is Usually, a non- insofar as you can sure, tell. Sure, sure. Right. What I'm saying is the other, there's no dispute that the other one is non-cognitive on the totally. part of a child. and infant. The kid has no idea what's yeah. going on. So would you say there's a difference in purposes for baptism in the two camps? Yes, Rick? 100%. Okay, so let's I mean, talk about what really, that is. I think we do helpful. need to get into that. It's the concept of what the new covenant represents. Yeah. I believe if you read Hebrews 8, and we're going to get into it, we're going to have to read it. The new covenant it's called a better covenant. It doesn't mean that the other one, we're not dispensational. It doesn't mean the other not one was obsolete. displayed. It's not obsolete, but it's changed. Not use profanity on the podcast. It, right? it has changed in the sense of now, covenant in the Old Testament was, was a shadow. Mm-hmm. You had circumcision 
of nations. There was no concept of like, obviously some had faith and believed, but circumcision went out to distinguish a symbolic, something symbolic that was going to happen later. And we're going to read about that in Jeremiah 31. But in the new covenant, it's clear, I think, if you read Hebrews 8, that it's profession of your faith in Christ. Why now do you Christ read it? You keep human... referencing it if you want to read well, it. Let's, 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 let's hear what it says. Aaron's well, got it up right here. Well, oh, you, you already have it up? Well, I think we should start with Jeremiah because it's quoted several times. In Jeremiah 31, 33, it said, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. This is talking mm-hmm. about in the future. We all believe believers. Right, correct. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall each one teach his, his neighbor and each brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will not forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Hmm. It's dealing with a new covenant that's going to take place in the sense of a united relationship with Christ alone as as Savior. Yeah. And all sides would agree with that. For sure. Correct. I think all reform sides would agree yeah, with that. Correct. Totally. That becomes the new covenant and that was symbolized in baptism, if we read in the New Testament. Would you agree with that, that that's what that represented? In part. Okay. Absolutely in part. Okay. So what makes the what makes this new covenant better that we read about in Hebrews? We can go into Hebrews 8 if we need to. Like what actually, what makes this covenant So, so are you asking me to argue for your position? Rick wants you to defend credo-baptism. Uh, yeah, well, in, hey, Hebrews, in Hebrews 8, we have it. We do, we do realize there's verses that deal with this yeah. new covenant yeah. concept. Amen. What makes Hebrews it really quick? Why don't you read Hebrews it? Yeah, let's 8, read that section. Um, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds, write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Amen. A quote from Hebrew, right. The question I would have is, what makes this new covenant by the D- way, in, and in speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. That's an important it is. Um, verse right. there that is at the end of Hebrews 8 and verse 13. What is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Correct. And so just, you can do the Pato position, but just to, I believe that this new covenant is now for believers. In other words, coming to profession and faith, law written on their hearts. It's not, it's not a symbolic concept of For the of, spiritual of going seed, out. not the physical seed. For the spiritual seed, exactly. Doing the Galatians 4 argument. Yes, that John, exactly. John Piper. Are you trying to construct a straw man for yeah. us, Adam? Well, I'm just trying to <laughs> present the position that I used to hold to, <laughs> right. which well, is the position it, you guys do. I didn't hear baptism in there, so explain why. why is, so why is going from the old covenant to the new covenant affect baptism and how so? The Pato side would say that it represented what circumcision represented. Sure. Which was a symbolic concept of God separating out the nations as a national kind of position. I look at not a spiritual one. It's symbolizing something spiritual that will happen in its fulfillment in Christ. But in the new that we just read about, it was specific to those having the law written on their heart. Believers. Yeah. You don't see anything in there of, is the law written on the heart in a salvific sense to 
an unbelieving spouse? No. Okay. So if this, so, so that they're not part of the new covenant. No. Okay. So therefore to answer Peter's question, yeah. the new Testament, the new covenant is better than the old because it's the reality that the shadows using Correct. the language, which Lewis would use to, right. uh, pointed to. Correct. And therefore how it applies to baptism. Well, no, I, I, I don't want to argue the credo view here. No, but how it points please to baptism do. is that therefore you should only baptize those who are within the covenant community that believe. Where does it because say that? Because that's all we see. So, so is we that see something you're taking believe. from that's somewhere the, else? It's an I mean, argument you're... that's implicit right. in Hebrews 8. Which is wait, why wait, wait, wait. Our, wait. the credo argument is? Yeah. Okay. We were, just, we, we, both were, we were just defining from... the new covenant there. Right, exactly. Now, so now, now that once as far as the baptisms, okay. Okay. it's repent and believe. Exactly. You'll never find a single command one time Amen. to baptize an infant. I agree. Right. I concur. You okay. have to imply it. You have to imply it. Right. So we're based getting on there covenant. Now. Okay, so we're right. But you yes. will find multiple commands to baptize believers. Of yeah. course. And that's what I so so the argument has been sure. and once again, you know, Adam, we're great friends. So speak up whenever <laughs> whenever you want to to defend sure. this. We'll get there, but I think it's to important defend to defend this like, fallacious position. To... Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but but I what the argument that comes typically from my pedo baptistic friends is of the nine baptisms you see in the book of Acts. Twelve. Yeah, of all the baptisms you we'll see in the book it. of Acts, okay, of all those, that they are always believers who came from a non, a family not of the covenant, okay? Correct. So they're not from believing parents. They're new converts, a new infiltration of the gospel into that family. However, that is not in any way a robust or sufficient argument to deny the command from Matthew 28, 19 and 20 from Jesus to go into the world preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. To me, that is a clear, that, that, and that doesn't even stand alone. Baptism is mentioned every time it's mentioned in the New Testament. I believe it's very clear. It's talking about believers baptism outside of the baptism of the spirit. Except so one. Connect for me. rarely mentioned. Hold on. Okay. Connect well, for me. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Connect for me the new covenant change because all the the repent and believe and then be baptized baptizing them in the name of father son and holy spirit when you go out and preach god so we all have heard those before that yeah, you're they're, supposed to be they're very but simple so, and straightforward so explain to me what what the new covenant has to do with why you believe credo baptism well the command to repent and believe is now believing in that that what Jesus accomplished on the cross is okay. blood. This is the covenant, new covenant in my blood, it says in Luke. So right. that represents what you're doing when you're baptized. You're repenting and believing in this 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 covenant now that God's written his law in your heart and you're and you're and you're trusting in him. And the sign of that is baptism. So so in the old covenant, what what would your position be? Okay, so now I have to defend the pedo sides here. So in the old covenant, circumcision represented symbolically God choosing out a people, which he did symbolically in choosing out the nation of Israel and all the land things going on with that. And circumcision never, there was never like believer circumcision. Right. Right. It was it, infant it, circumcision. Right. right. And it was Eight just, it was like you mentioned, only it was a mention as a right. shadow. So now when you see that shadow, come to a deeper fulfillment, why do you want to still hold on to the old covenant sign when you have a new covenant sign of the new covenant representing baptism and believing, you're holding on, you're, you're forcing an old construct. We don't do that. When we talk about other things, the deity of Christ and all kinds, of, we don't do that. We read, we read from the new back to the old and we see stuff. It almost seems like you're taking 
an old covenant concept and forcing it, which I will say historically, and, and you guys are theologians, we could talk about that. That did not come about until Calvin, by the way. Oh, there was There was plenty Very of, oh, wait, no, there was a plenty of infant <laughs> baptisms. Wow. Okay, I want you after this, okay. find me a covenantal infant baptism presentation okay. before Calvin. Okay. 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 So Peter Rick, has a question for yeah. So <laughs> covenantal, not I, infant. Oh, so so does this come down to Obviously. the argument of Old Testament Israel versus New Testament Israel? It could, somewhat. Okay, so like in the Old Testament, or you can we, say are, Old we Testament are we are church. spiritual. Church, we're yeah, spiritual. Whatever, yeah. We're spiritual Israel now. Right. Exactly. So is that what you'd come Amen. to? Because spiritual Israel are those that are actually. Believing, believing, yeah. which is completely different than, than Old what Testament. circumcision represented right, for the old. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. So we're equating baptism with circumcision, kind of, and how the Old Testament, who was baptized or circumcised, is different than New Covenant, New Testament, us today. It is different, right? Yes. Okay. So Adam, now let's get Now's into yeah. Now's now let's get. So I think we've kind of, hopefully, for people listening that aren't as dug in deep can understand the position of why believer's baptism is where it is, how it relates to the Old Covenant, how it relates to the Old Testament, how it relates to circumcision. So hopefully we've gotten that. Because I realize you guys sometimes when you talk about this, skip seven steps. It's hard because I I understand that's why I'm trying to slow it. I don't know if there is a way of simplifying it. That's the thing when I came here. It's like, I can do this in an hour. I think we're we're getting there. Power's going to simplify. But I think we're getting there. So we kind of have understood where we're at with believer's baptism. So let's try to do the same now by differentiating and explaining the position of infant baptism. Okay. So I'll start from Hebrews 8, because that's already been read. Sure. If you notice in the text, if you have it open there before you, like we do, in verse 9, after it talks about, behold, the days are coming, days in the future, when I'll make a new covenant with Israel, the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers. Well, what covenant is he talking about? Verse 9, on the day I took them by the hand from out of the land of Egypt. So that's talking about the Mosaic covenant. When we are talking about the whole Bible, there's a, there's a hermeneutical truth that we've got to, I think, uphold that might be different between the credo Pedo view, but I'm one to say that when we're in the New Testament, looking at the old, I, I don't think you should just go backward. I think you can go forward also, and I'm not imposing, but that's mm-hmm. what the scripture does. I'm saying that every time Moses, the law, the Mosaic covenant is in view, there's always discontinuity. So there's always a separation. You are not under law, but you're under grace, Romans 6.14. We see it here in Hebrews 8. The covenant that he's making that's better, not like the covenant with the fathers, is the Mosaic covenant here. So there's a discontinuity in view. But every single time the New Testament authors, Paul among the foremost, brings uh, Abraham into view, there's not discontinuity, but there's continuity. So there's a continuing on with Abraham. So much so that in Galatians chapter 3, he says that when God made the promise to Abraham and Abraham believed that that was in Galatians 3, 6, God preached the gospel to Abraham. And so that's why I think this, just this side note, is such a volatile issue sometimes between Pedo and Credo camps because it's a gospel issue when you start talking about things in this light. And so we don't think that it goes from like Abraham starts and stops at Moses and starts and stops 
right and, and David and so on. Yeah, no. So so yeah, you're saying so it's almost like there's multiple lines for sure, and, and some get cut off and some. Moses don't. gets cut off right. when we get to the new covenant, right. and there's a better covenant now. But when we're talking about Abraham, it's always talking about fulfillment of right. Abraham, the promises made to him. So here's here's why I'd go, and I can do this just in a a few minutes because it's very simple and straightforward because it's in the Bible. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, all right. God made a promise to Abraham. How did Abraham respond to that promise? Faith. With faith. Yeah. Therefore, the sign of the covenant from Genesis 12 to 17, circumcision was applied to Abraham. No one has any issue with this. No, On both sides, they agree. Abraham believed the promise by faith and therefore he was given the physical not just symbolic, like you were saying, the physical sign of circumcision, it's in his very flesh. You know, we're not going to get gross about it, but it's in his very flesh. What then happens in Genesis 17, because Abraham believed the promise by faith, he was circumcised. God said in Genesis 17, 8 and 9, I will not only be God to you, but God to your children after you. Therefore, circumcise your sons on the eighth day. They did not believe in the promise, but they also received the sign of circumcision. Both the believing parent and the unbelieving child in the Old Testament, we all agree, receive the sign of circumcision. The unbelieving male child. I, I keep coming back to that because part of the better is that now baptism is for male and female. But as we cross over into the new covenant, This was the norm from Abraham on, you know, just using the English ordering of our Bibles from Genesis to Malachi, this was the norm that the sign of the covenant was given to every physical Israelite. And it was also given to the kids, to the male children in Israel. That was such a norm and such a ingrained in them practice that when we get over into the New Testament, why you never find a command to baptize children is because it's already assumed that that should continue. And so you also Wait, then- the baptism of children should continue. Yes, that that should continue. So that was in the Old Testament. No. He's saying no, no, circumcision- no, no. Sorry, 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 okay, hold on, I just wanted to clarify that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When we cross over into the New Testament, Paul makes an argument in Colossians 2, 11 and 12, that baptism is the fulfillment of circumcision, similar to the Lord's Supper is the fulfillment of Passover. Where is that? Colossians 2, 11 and 12. Okay. You've, been ba- you've been circumcised with the circumcision of Christ made without hands, being baptized in Christ, Paul says. So Paul links the two together very clearly. My argument is that because this was such a norm in Old Testament Israel, that when you cross over into the new covenant, whether it's new covenant church, new covenant Israel, you never find an argument to stop baptizing the kids or stop putting the sign of the covenant on kids because it is to continue. And so when Peter preaches the gospel on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 239, he went through a wonderful exposition of the gospel, quoting Joel 2, quoting Abraham, quoting all these different things. In verse 39 of Acts 2, he says, for the promise, as soon as the Jews hearing him on the day of Pentecost, your promise, yeah. they think Abraham, Abraham believed his seed receives the sign. 
Peter says the promise is for you and for your children. And so therefore, it's already ingrained in the Israelite mind that the sign of the covenant is not only for the believing parent, but for the kids who do not believe. And so my argument is if you take kind of like a donut hole image, I think this is what Calvin would do, that Calvin got it from Augustine. Calvin's not the first, though Augustine went a little wacko on this and said that the baptism saves you. We depart from him there, right? So Calvin's not the first one. But the donut image is that when you look at Israel, you have the bigger circle of all those who've been visibly circumcised. You can see them and see the circumcision. That's visible Israel. Inside that, the donut hole, if you will, the inner circle is invisible Israel. Those who Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse six, were circumcised in heart. True Israel. True Israel. I think that pattern, and this is where our disagreement lies, that donut pattern of visible and invisible people of God is the same pattern in the new. There's the visible people of God who've been baptized and the invisible people that's the true church that truly do believe. All of them have the sign of the covenant but the them. but the exterior donut's not going to heaven. No. Right. Just the no. interior that you can't see. That's right. what you're saying. Okay. Right. So before we get a response, which I know you're both probably chomping no, at the bit. Sure. So what would you say? Because this has always been kind of one of my weird things with this is so what's the purpose of it? What's the purpose? Just to just to that is an excellent question. say That's your great. kid goes to this church or that to to prove like, you know, when our kids win something, we feel really good. So it's like, yeah, my kid's <laughs> been baptized. Like what what's the purpose of it if it's it's not salvific, which we all agree, same, right. and it does nothing for them personally, so, like in their, mm, you know, in their mind. I mean, sure. what, what, and it may even do the opposite. They may be like, oh, I'm good. I was baptized as a baby. Right. So, so the purpose of baptism, whether it's credo or infant, but we'll say, okay, pedo-baptism. The purpose of pedo-baptism is all, everything has to do with a covenant. It's the engagement ring. When you get baptized as a baby in the right manner, in the covenantal manner, not the water saves you manner, but it's, it's as if that child puts on an engagement ring and God is saying, I have made these promises to all who come into my covenant community. You need to one day embrace these covenant promises by faith and I will reveal them to you through your parents or parent who believes. And so baptism for the child is not an intention of what they intend to do. Baptism for the child, and I would argue baptism for the uh, believing adult as well, is more so an image of what God intends to do with that individual. Do you think there's any difference besides the water to a baby dedication or total difference? Well, okay. I I don't want to say total difference. Uh, Some people view infant baptism as a baby dedication with that's just wet. Right. And- you're you're on the right track, but you've kind of cut it short in a Baptistic mindset. That's just how you're interpreting it because it's not a dedication. It's an actual baptism. And so then Ephesians 4 then comes into view that when you one day believe and you've been baptized as an infant, we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So there's no need to get rebaptized because you're already within. So that would be a totally different purpose then. It's not totally. an outward profession of your faith when you're yeah. a baby. Right. So- so it's a different purpose yeah. of baptism, right? And that's where I think I have a ma- my major issue. This, this is right, where I, 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 so I, no, I, I, this is what I brought yeah, up. Aaron's been quiet. J- just, just, 
Well, I wanted you to be able to like manipulate and coerce, you know, <laughs> it, um, so, uh, without distraction. Um, Thank look, you look, for look, the no, no, in, all, in all seriousness, I have no problem with all, pretty much anything you said because okay. like Peter, and I brought this up to you at breakfast over a year ago, right yeah, before yeah, COVID yeah. Sure, launched sure. up. And, and I think at the time you said, well, that's a good scholastic argument, but it, it's something to that effect, but it's, it's not, it's a misunderstanding. Backhanded um, so, compliment. So yeah, yeah. Backhanded great compliment. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> but it was, it was, I have no issue whatsoever practicing both because I see them very differently. I see them as accomplishing very different things. Hmm. Um, I do not see. I don't think I'd be far away from that. Okay. I do not see. Yeah. So I do not see where the engagement ring on the finger is an is an apt illustration of what happens at our we we call them baby dedications here. We're actually doing one next weekend, um, and people here have called them infant baptisms without water. Covenantal yeah. people who have come from Presbyterian sure. churches because it really depends we, on what you we say do. Yeah, we do frame it. it out that what we're doing is we're recognizing this is a child of the covenant, not in a salvific sense, right? Meaning not that they will be guaranteed salvation. Certainly not that this act of dedication or infant baptism. Um, legitimizes the salvation in them. So I see that as very different than when I trusted Christ at 19 and made a public proclamation of faith and baptism was a sign. Now, I, I agree with you. Obviously, I, we all agree that there are many people who follow Christ in baptism who have never followed Christ in their yeah. heart. So Amen. they're part of that Amen. exterior donut and, and churches have not not to be used upon, but they've watered down baptism to yeah, the point where people misunderstand, sure. right? And so- Especially um, on those days where it's like, Anyone who yeah, wants Easter, come Easter on Sunday, down. let's baptize 400, and there's no understanding of what they're it's like doing. Price and, is right at church. Yeah. And so th there needs to be careful consideration around baptism. But for me, there's a complete, and, and Rick, you can speak on this. Maybe you don't see it this way. There is a complete difference of what is being accomplished in baby dedication slash infant baptism yes. in a covenantal sense, which I actually affirm. And if I was a, in a PCA church, which I was at one point, I would have zero issue with yeah. infant baptism, with baptizing my babies. Um, my children, because I do believe they are part of the covenant community, not yeah. in a saving sense, but that they have been providentially placed here by God, where they are going to grow up. Um, and I have no problem even even attesting to that with a sign, whether it's a dedication or even a baptism, that they have been providentially placed here by God, and they're going to grow up, not not to use an Arminian slant here, but with a better <laughs> opportunity or chance. Well, of, First, first of Corinthians seven would call yes. it that they're set apart, that they're made holy, made holy, which is well, not which is not sanctification. No, or it's a, not salvation. But it is. It is a like you're saying. There's it's also there's better about, about the, there's a better yeah. environment. There, yeah. There's a better sanctified environment. Wait, that, so are you saying that you agree? I'm saying I have no issue. I disagree because I look when you said words are important words and you are said very covenantal. Important. Yeah, the covenant is different now. The new covenant isn't, obviously you're going to have some that don't believe that profess or profess right. false professions, you know, they, sure. whatever. Sure. But in the Old Testament, there wait, was, wait, 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 in the so, Old Testament, there okay, was that yeah, donut. Sorry. In the Old Testament, there was that donut in right. a sense of you had right. a visible church in the sense of Israel. I right. mean, people coming in that came in Israel, they had to be circumcised, even yeah. if they didn't believe or anything, they had to be circumcised. Donut affirmed. Right. And then inside of that, you obviously had Abraham, yeah. you had those of true faith. In the new covenant that we just read about, it's different in the All sense of- All shall know me. Of, in the sense of, yeah, the law written on their hearts. The new covenant represents, that's why I think it, it matters how we look at the covenant, professed believers yeah. is the new covenant representation, new, the new covenant. Sure. It's not, like a good example would be like, would you, a question for you, would you baptize 
a non-believing spouse that said, yeah, I'll get baptized. No. Why not? If the husband don't believe. But the whole household is supposed to be baptized in the covenant home. Not the parents. Why not? In the Old Testament, the the servants were all baptized. The supposedly, the, the, the whole entire home was baptized. Why would you not follow the same pattern? I think you're taking the the principle that I've said as if it's a car and running it down a road that I don't drive down. But you're taking so that why? He's you're taking why. that principle. Like if you want to follow the model of what right. of what yeah. circumcision represented, sure. why would you not do the same thing currently with what ba- what circumcision did in old? Because I would see, I, I think so. You see a more discontinuity between old and new in the betterness and the obsoleteness of the new. And I would see more continuity in that the sign of the covenant is only put on the children of believing parents. And so once you're a parent, but where where do you, so where do you where do you see where do you where do you get that from though? That's not even an that's not even necessarily an old testament concept. So where are you drawing that from? I think it's completely biblical. I think it's right there right there in Genesis 12 to 17. Okay, but that was also for in, entire everyone in that nation for entire families like if someone sure so of all, obviously only the males but right, why would you right. not why would you not continue that that that's that same process if a woman but she becomes a believer and then in her home shouldn't the whole entire household be baptized yeah that's the kids yeah so even if they're not infants the kids still should be baptized See, this is where we get into i think an issue that i've got to deal with is yeah, there's a lot that you Where? Gotta deal with, bro. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you got to figure out the Lord's Supper too. Oh no, no. It is across the board that uh, pedo communion is heretical. Okay, but um, but oh, hold but, on. Let, let me do one yeah, at a yeah, time. Yeah, hold one on. At a time. Just hold on before. Yeah. Just for people listening again. So you're saying even if infants are baptized, they still don't take the Lord's Supper until no. they're Christians. But no. they would have expected. Wait, hold on. What does no mean? They do not partake right. of the table just until make sure. right. they are Christians. believers. Okay. Sorry, yes. I just want so, to make sure that because you were just throwing some terms out. I want yeah, to make sure sorry, I'll explain sorry, sorry, why sorry. I asked that because it'll. Right. Some people say the two go together. I think those people are wrong. Right. Okay. And um, I think a good represent, representation of that position to take them both is Doug Wilson. And I'd say Doug's wrong. Right. Um, his, historically, he's the minority in that position. And historically, you three are the minority. One thing that I've got to work through in my, my position, our position, the pedo community is when is the transition that this child is no longer falls under the pedo idea, but then has grown up and can understand or reject the gospel on their own. And then in my mind, they then turn into a credo possibility. And so I would not, if a whole family came in and one parent believed uh, and one parent did not, the parent who believes should be baptized along with the kids and the parent that did not should not be believed because, or not be baptized because they're not in the... So to bring in a little clarity, if a family comes to your church, I think that's what you're saying. A family comes to your church, the parents get both get saved. It's great. You're going you're gonna to baptize them. Yeah, for sure. Um, they have a seven-year-old child. I think what you're saying is, what do we do with that child at this point? Because they're, yeah. they're not making... And that seven-year-old child is not making a credible profession of faith. Do we baptize them in a pedo sense, in a, in a child sense, or do we wait until a profession? Is that what the, the difficulty that you're yeah, outlining? Yeah, so my... in, I, I'm not quite sure what would happen there in a Presbyterian context. In a Sunrise context, or my context, I would I would have a conversation with the parents and, and ask, okay, here's here's what I believe. What do you guys want to do? 
do you want to go ahead and do it now because of this big, grand, overarching biblical I, I th- principle? I think that's one. Or it, do you want to wait? In all seriousness, that's one of, and we kind of jabbed each other before this podcast and fun, but that's one of, one of my issues with infant baptism is there is a much more confusion and confoundedness around it than it, with believer's baptism. It is very simplistic following right. forward that for us, that would be no issue whatsoever. We would wait until there's a credible profession of faith in the seven-year-old and then baptize them. And there's no there's no confusion for the seven-year-old. Like, I think it can be very confusing for children. I think in bad parents, it is confusing. But you know, good there parents, are a lot of not. bad, like, or uh, I would say or bad ignorant churches. parents. So there's a lot of just parents who don't know, like, how sure. to explain that to their... We struggle as theologians and pastors at times to explain it in a very, some, you know, <laughs> clear sense. I'm saying, so parents, I don't blame them to be able to say, all right, what did what did your infant baptism actually do? And yeah. a lot of Presbyterians I have talked to and having been in the PCA church. What would they say? You would you would get a, a myriad of different answers. But the biblical answer is just straightforward. It's you you entered the visible community of just the like people of God. Just like they would say it's like it. circumcision, same concept. But exactly. I want to ask you a question because your biggest argument that you started with was it didn't need to be spelled out because they would have been so accustomed to it. There's no command to Correct. stop putting the sign right. on the kids because it's just assumed that that should continue. So Passover would have been the same concept. You would have seen, wouldn't you not, if that was such a shift to now to not include children in the Lord, mm-hmm. Lord's Supper, yeah. wouldn't you see some verses, or, um, using your argument, that would be like, they'd be able to uproar about it. Like, well, we've been doing this forever and now all yeah. of a sudden you're changing. But there is the warning Sure. No, I agree. That's there. I agree with it. Not taking it right. apart from faith. But that should have bothered them. There, that's present for the Lord's Supper, which which was I agree. a of course a He's moment that makes it part of his argument because yeah. they actually right. mentioned that, right. but they could, don't they, mention, but they mention don't that, mention that, it was that with the sign of the covenant, right. with baptism and circumcision. I would say again, we're going to get back to again hermeneutics that the sign is for the new covenant, which represented believers, not non-believers. Okay. So, so to, just, to, just to clarify for people listening, because there's a right. lot going on, the sign of circumcision was for a visible community in the Old Testament Correct. With, with symbolic, with spiritual symbolic Correct. significance. Sure. In the New sure. Testament, baptism is only for the inside of that circle. Correct. Even though people get it on the outside, they're getting it in a fraudulent way. Like Correct. They're, they're Correct. practicing that. And so it's really it's only de- now designed for people who have trusted in Christ. And are in exactly. But Thank though you for that's yeah. the yeah. intention that's behind the credo Baptist position, what you have actually in practice is the donut donut. Well, yeah, people well, fall away bad, from the faith. You see that yeah. theology and, and but that's the reality. You have that's no argument. That's, for, you have apostate. That's no, that's but weak. that's different. Yeah. That's you're saying it's something the Bible is prescribing. Yeah. The outside donut. They're saying it's something that's always yeah. going to happen. There's going to be people that say they're Christians that aren't. Sure. There's going to be people sure, that sure, get sure, baptized. Right. The Bible aren't. never would I, command I us to baptize right. unbelievers who have made a fraudulent profession of faith. We don't know right. that. So we are assuming having, sure. and here at Building 28, they meet with a pastor. If we're going to baptize them, they talk through their profession of faith in Christ. And so we're praying and hoping, and in some sense, assuming that they have made a credible profession of faith right. based on what we have seen. In you can never know hundred percent. So we don't, we don't sure. know that, but we would, we would never say you know, clearly, we would never knowingly put somebody into a visible community who has no evidence. Hopefully, of, hopefully yeah. not. But hopefully we would not. dedicate a seven-year-old from a new family, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because we just think of it as as entering them into the covenant community of our church. The protection covenant of members. the covenant. The right. covenant community the of our church. That's where I wanted to Is that be, correct? be clear. That's different than 
the new covenant. With heaven. I, I yeah, agree with that. Yeah, so right. we have to be careful when we say covenant, there's different concepts. Is that what I said? Uh, I, I, mean, I know you would disagree probably, I think that's but, that, that the local church is representation of the new covenant people. It's a small little... Uh, uh, Rick and, Rick and no, I would, would argue that, that the new covenant no, is true believers. No, you wouldn't. You're, maybe you know better than I do. Maybe you know I what know I what believe. you believe. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Maybe you do. I don't know. My head's kind of spinning right now. Let's, let's not the get it. The new covenant is only comprised of Christians, believers right. in Jesus. Correct. Those and who that's trust in Jesus. Wait, not. wait but, but Acts 2.39 says the promise of the gospel is for you and your children. Oh, I'm glad You're you brought saying that up because I wanted to come back to that. Then it says, in the rest of that, it says, and to all those far off, even as many as the Lord shall call. Right. The concept of children there is talking about children of Abraham, children of faith, and even those that are off into distant land. It's mm-hmm. not talking about your literal baby there. If you take that out of context, you stripped it, you stripped it out of its context by only quoting part of the verse. I don't think I stripped it out of the context. I think the context just adds more categories to the people who are present in the verse. When you're reading that, when Whereas you hear about- you interpret it that those categories define promise, I say it's all those categories combined. I think we interpret it with that word called there, that those called, that efficacious call have exercised faith in Christ. Correct. And therefore, that's, that, the, that's the new covenant. Like the, those who have exercised because of the efficacious call of the Holy Spirit have exercised faith in Christ. That's the true new covenant. Now, I agree with you that churches, true gospel preaching are representations of the new covenant, but not everyone within that local church, even adults, yeah. are truly Christian, sure. truly part of the new right. covenant. Sure, sure. So, so I have a question, Adam. Would would you think this analogy would fit for infant baptism? Like, because I've been trying to think through, like, in my head, what what some of the hangups are and why why some of this is is at issue. Would you say it's like giving a kid a jersey of a of a basketball team, right? So they can wear the jersey. Everybody sees the jersey. Everybody knows they have the jersey, but they can't play because they're not on the team. So once they make the team, then they can use the jersey and get on the court. But it's a different jersey. Now it's got their name on it. Now they can do things like the Lord's Supper or whatever because they're actually on the team. And that's kind of my issue is like infant baptism feels like a fake jersey that you can go buy and doesn't really do anything to you because no matter if you have the jersey forever, you're never getting on the court. You're never playing. You're never allowed to do what the people that are actually on the team can do. So you have to get a different jersey in order to actually play on the team and have your name on it. Can I, can I a, say one thing before Adam oh, responds sure. about my where I would land on that? I actually like the analogy in the sense of if I am as the father or and the mother on or one or the other, 1 right. Corinthians 7, but I am on the basketball team, right. I'm out in the court, and I get a jersey, my jersey, and give it to my child, and they're wearing the jersey. What, what that's symbolizing to people is not only their father is part of the team, but that that child is going to be raised to love basketball, to understand basketball, to play basketball, and most likely – um, from a human perspective, end up becoming a player on the team. But he team. can never play unless he gets a new jersey, so, which is his own jersey. So to, to right? extrapolate your analogy, and I know that Rick and Adam are going to hate me for this, but infant baptism or baby dedication is the putting on of my jersey, in a sense, I agree. onto the child. Right. Believer's baptism is getting your name and number on the on jersey. Own, it's, a exactly. different, it's a different thing That's here. It's my a issue. completely right. different Right. I see the two baptisms as very different. So I don't have a problem. I would never say, I would never command infant baptism, but I would have no problem exercising that. I would command believer's baptism. I would mandate that. I think that's- And no analogy is perfect, but that's exactly yes. my thought. It's yeah, like, I'm putting my jersey on my kid. He still can't come play. You know, like he's well, got to get his the own jersey, jersey of the team. Whatever. Like, like, yeah. yeah I mean, and so that's what's important. <laughs> Name it's on like, the front versus the back. You know, whatever. John John 1, 12 and 13, we don't, 
there's in no sense does blood or, and we've already talked about that, but right. blood or family guarantee. So it's not my jersey, it's the jersey of Christ. It's his church right. that I am now saying my kid belongs to this church in one sense, but certainly not in the same sense that believers' baptism, I right. think, would acknowledge. There, there are things about the analogy I like and things I don't like. Okay. I'm using it what in our next baptism. Because I, I would say that they're, that they're not on the team. Who's not on the team? The kids. Right. I agree with you. So that's We're what I'm saying. saying. That. So, but, but so that's what I'm saying. So what no, but, that but necessitate... by getting a jersey, but what, what, like the analogy itself, I'd say is problematic because it gives the impression that you're duping the kid, that he's on the team, but not really on the no, team. No, like is, a fan Isn't that what infant baptism does? That, no. no. So, so the analogy itself paints a negative picture of the pedo position, which is why I wouldn't use it. What I'm saying is, I, I, that's I appreciate not, how how you explained it. I I would never use it. That's not even how I was thinking of it. How Aaron brought it in, I was not trying to have it slanted. I was I was saying like in my head, the jersey shows that there's still more to be done before they're in and on the team or whatever. You sure. know, like they've got to become a Christian. Right. Then they have their their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Their names written on the back now. Jesus on the front. So now they can play the game. Now they're going to heaven. They're going on the court. Like now they're there. So that's what I don't understand about how if it's not a, an outward expression of faith, infant baptism, how do you then not need the biblical definition of baptism showing your outward profession of faith once mm, you become a Christian? But that's just the issue. Okay, let's go. That's, Our that's a modern have, right? context has largely redefined what baptism is as something that we do for God. It's the first matter of obedience. Sure, that's part of it. But Romans 4, when it's talking about Abraham and gospel implications, it's a sign and seal of the covenant promises of God. That's where I get the engagement So you don't think ring. it's an outward profession of faith? I think it's part of it for adults. But for adults and kids, it's a sign for and seal. For adults that haven't been baptized properly as a child, as an infant. Yeah. Okay, so qualify because it's not just for adults, right? You would say it's for adults that have not been properly baptized. Right. Well, as an hold on, hold on. So, and, and, and let me just say this: I think I think the Reformed Baptist position would land on it's just a sign, right? I mean, it's not right, th but Romans seal, four that, that seal argumentation, says sign and seal. So you can't quite deny. But it gets, it gets muddied on. Once again, here's my my biggest shtick with this is Romans four. There, there's no 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 Romans four is the no no it's confusion is confusion like we talked about and I agree that as a pedo Baptist you wouldn't like the analogy because right. it would it would paint pedo Baptism in a negative light because it sounds like a Baptist trying to understand pedo Baptism. It sounds like a Biblicist is trying to understand it. No. It represents. <laughs> no. I mean, would you agree? It represents because I was on the Pato side for a long time. It represents, to answer your question, what circum like I would flip it around to you and say, what does circumcision mean for the so Old were Testament? Calvin and Sproul? They were on the Pato side for a long time. The entrance sure. to the visible community. That's the jersey. It would represent, and also they would I look at it. Your child. It, it's flipped around too, and and the Pato situation. Wouldn't you typically say, you assume your child is of the elect until they prove otherwise? For sure. Versus somehow on the credo side, it's, it's flipped around a little bit. Like we assume that they're really not potentially at, well, we're going to get in. Now we, we did the infant, well, we did the infant not, salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not all credos Correct. do that, raise Correct. their babies as pagans. Well, of course Some you shouldn't raise them as pagans. healthy credos see their kids as covenant kids. Having been dedicated, I think it's a healthy sure. senior kid. Raise little, your kids little up pagan in the admonition of the Lord. Yeah. So I think I think the distinction needs to be made that there's a lot of confusion around believers' baptism, and it's been it's murky and it's misunderstood. But not necessarily in good gospel-centered Reformed churches. There's not much confusion around believers' baptism. It is 
you know, th- this is a sign of the covenant. You could even say sign and seal if you want to, but as long as seal is understood, like, that's like, not salvific. Like Paul says? Sure, as long as it's understood how Paul intended. Right, um, not like but, how the Pope interprets yeah, it. Exactly, exactly. Sure. There's confusion once again in that. And so my my whole point is, in in not good churches, there's confusion about everything. Okay, so we're not talking about For that sure. really today. We're For talking sure. about sound reformed churches that understand the gospel, understand scripture, there's not much confusion when it comes to believer's baptism. I would argue, having been PCA and having many PCA friends and Lutheran friends, that there is still a lot of consternation and confusion in good reformed pedo-practicing churches among the families, among the children. They're not, and that might not be the case at Sunrise. I get it. There might be some that are explaining it really well, but still, I mean, like I read an article from, uh, I think it was Kevin DeYoung just a couple of days ago, and I'm still at the end of it going, this could be confusing for so many people and for children who are going, I've got the jersey, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the team. Like, it, there's this false assurance that is going on that I, I, think can, I think can be very misleading, and it's much more difficult to unpack what it means. I know that you've done a great job, but it's, it's much more difficult for, for a parent to unpack what it means to a child than it is for them to unpack believer's baptism. To. So I, I see what you're saying. But do you see, though, though, that that could lead to some very bad implications in other doctrines? Just because predestination and when it occurred and how it involves the responsibility is I know you're 100% different. Well, hold, on, hold on. Just because sure. something could be misunderstood doesn't mean we automatically throw For it sure. away. I, yeah, 100%. Totally. 100% and but, there are bad churches that don't explain it and just, to, just don't explain anything. So no one sure. knows what's going on. Sure. But that doesn't, that doesn't invalidate it. Right. Right. On its own, I, I think there, there are good churches. I think there that do are both. doctrines that are incredibly clear, sure. like predestination. Even even doctrines that are not clearly stated, like the Trinity, but they're clearly defined biblically. That even though it's it's difficult to wrap our minds around, right? That we still have to, as Christian, and I think all I think all Reformed people would say that the doctrine of the Trinity, while it is difficult to understand is, if we could say, more important than Pato versus believer's oh, baptism, amen. right? Amen. And so while, sure. while it is not, while you don't find the Trinitas, that, while you don't find this term in Scripture, it's very clear the, the concept of the Trinity in Scripture. And so for me, I'm going, just, yes, I agree with you, just because something is not easy to understand, yeah. but with Trini- the Trinity and with something like predestination, I think it Wait, is much- your, your agreement kind of invalidates everything you just no, said. No, no, no. I think I think it, the, these doctrines are <laughs> predestination and Trinity. I think are much clearer in Scripture, much clearer, even though they're difficult to understand than the concept of paedo baptism. That's what I'm going with. Depends that. who you talk to. Sure, All right, sure. I think that's a subjective. So I just have a couple of questions I want to end with. First, just to be clear, okay, because I want to make sure it's clear, at least in my understanding, because you, you said one baptism was one of the things you said. So do you sure. think it would be anti-biblical or sin? to baptize someone, an infant appropriately, then they become a Christian and they want to get baptized again, would it be anti-biblical or sinful to have them be baptized again? I would say yes. I, okay. I don't think they need to. Okay. You don't think they need to? Yeah. But would I, it be I, sin? I want to be slow to say okay. it's sin to because not they could baptize be credo. your baby. They could be credo sin to do it. Right. I, like I, if they I, grow up and they, they read the right. Bible for themselves and they're like, Pastor, I still want to come to your church, but I'm a credo. I don't Great. believe that that was that was anything when I was Great. an infant. Can you baptize me again now that I'm a Christian? Because I believe in believers' baptism. I think Would that's you? a that's a more valid posture okay. than someone just saying I I I want to do it again because it's more meaningful to me now. Sure. I'd say no. 
Right. No. Okay. I so, would try to persuade them out of it, but I'm not going to tell them it's sinful to do it. Okay. I think I know the answers to these, but just to, to wrap it. So Rick, first with you, do you think it is sinful for churches to baptize infants? Sinful? I, I don't know. That would be like, again, I, I'd err on your side. It's challenging. I, I don't think it would be when you're doing something I don't believe is biblical, technically, I guess it would be sinful. Um, I think some of it would depend on the intent. Like you're fully believing scripturally that this is the right thing to do. So therefore it's hard for me to maybe justify it as Rick sin. wants to be really kind right now. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard <laughs> so for me to Jehovah's like. So witnesses. Oh, and God, God. I mean, they believe based on scripture. You just love me in with the JW. That's my bad. <laughs> I'm not loving you. I'm not. Is, is, uh, is our Arminian pastors that are not preaching the sovereignty of God correctly, are they being sinful? I, I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's it's some of it's hard, you know. It's I, I, I'd be well. They more, would still I'd say God's sovereign, but they're operating in ignorance. And Aaron, best. so same question right. to you. Operating in ignorance. Same question. Here I think your answer sin- would be no. You don't think it's sinful? I don't think it's sinful at all. Like I would actually. Yeah. Once again, I see them very different, very different right. things. I, you know, we're all covenantal here, and so I see the value in that. I see what Adam's saying that. That there's no command for it to cease. There seems like there have been a bit of upheaval in the first couple centuries of the church if oh, there sure. had been this this sure. ceasing. And so I don't see any issue with it, but I see it as a very different thing, as we define through your very excellent, in my opinion, analogy. <laughs> Wrong. Um, I see it, I see it as a very Wrong. different thing. So I would I would encourage right. I would encourage parents to take seriously the command of of recognizing that their child is part of the community the covenant community without being part of the inner circle, um, without having trust in Christ, that they've been blessed to be born in this. And um, and so therefore, whether it's baptism or a dedication or what, however you want to frame that, I think that that's, I would have no problem with it. All right. So question for Adam. Yeah. Yes or no. And I, I thought I was going to know all these answers, but I guess I <laughs> could be surprised. Um, do you think that it is sinful or unbiblical and answer both ways to if a church did refuse to and would not baptize infants. I mean, that's that's every Baptist church in the world. Okay, so you don't think it's sinful. So every no. Baptist church but you is think it's, But you think it's... I don't think it. I, but you I, think, it's I think it's an error. Okay, error. There we go. But I'm, but I'm okay. not going to say... So Aaron and I, right? We agree on 99% of probably almost everything. Because water separates us we are not therefore divided right i could agree though he would define it incredibly different than i do i want that to be clear with the pope that we should baptize babies right 99 percent of everything else we disagree about we are divided right i i do not want water to divide uh the church and so therefore with bunyan and spurgeon Great guys. I say a healthy church ought to practice both pedo and credo and leave it up to the parents because water should not yeah. divide us. Great answer. And Sproul, really Sproul answer. and Calvin are in that camp now. Um, That's funny. Uh, okay. The nuance of that is funny. The last word was So, and clever. I think we'll also agree, although maybe maybe you two in the middle won't agree right now, but we also agree like we can be wrong on this stuff. Oh, totally. And like we can learn and grow. So oh, this yeah. is one of the things that I think Unlike predestination or God's sovereignty, which we feel, you know, I- I'm personally 100% positive of. Sure. The, this is not not quite to that level. And as you've said, kind of, well, our I, ideas I, have more. I feel s- like I'm like 100%. 100% but okay. like, like, I'm like 70, 30 some weeks. Like Rick, 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 Rick grew up right in the Pedo world, yeah, then yeah. became Credo. I came to Christ in the Credo world 
and then became pedo. Yeah. So we got like an opposite. Right. So you think there's like equal amount of people you respect right. that that believe For sure. in Arminianism sure. as believe in credo? No, 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 no. I let, his last answer is probably the best where to, place to end. Does anybody else have any closing thoughts? I thought we were going to deal with households. We didn't even touch on that today. So because of <laughs> That's all a whole this debate. pedo position <laughs> is built up in the old, though you can't prove the pedo position from the household statements in, in Acts of the four oh, out of the yeah, 12, that's right. yeah, we never got that. I think that because of where I get my position, I think there's a strong possibility that there were infants in those households. Though you can't know for sure. All those scholars say that there's just as likely a possibility there were not. Well, especially when you read the Especially when you're a Philippian jailer situation. And I, and I was going to say, and also there's, there's... You should be saved, you and your yeah, household. Yeah, but if you look at what they're all rejoicing, it talks about. It talks about he preached to them. Yeah. At least from our perspective at Building 28 at, on the Credo side is that we always, we talked about a lot about hermeneutics. We threw that word around, which yeah. is this biblical interpretation. We always interpret the more muddied passages with the clearer passages. Yeah. And it would seem, in my opinion, I believe, Rick, there's good evidence that it is those who could hear the gospel, those who could understand the gospel, those who could receive the gospel, who were baptized. That's that's what I would... The, because the new covenant is exactly. different. Yeah. But anyway, that's just where we would land. That's right. It, All right. it should give us pause that so much of church history was not on the credo side. And most of which Aaron has literally said on other topics, no. so we can just leave it there. He's literally said. I, I think the same they were thing. on the credo side, even if they did practice. They were. Not, I mean, okay. you read Calvin, and it's there. So anyway, all right. Thanks for being with us. Nerded out hour and a half on baptism. <laughs> Sorry, that's awesome. Uh, we just we had fun today. Send questions. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about the show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.